Hi friends, thanks for joining us. Smash that subscribe button. Great growth in the past couple of weeks. We can't thank you enough. Benny, where can they find us on social media? Yeah, you can find us at Ray Benny Sports. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everyone's favorite TikTok. Don't forget, join us on Twitter or on Reddit as well. Uh, join the conversation there and leave us a rating on your favorite podcast provider. Yes, we got CFL talk. We got uh, a bit of NHL talk, a bit of NFL talk, I guess. Uh, but let's start with what we usually do, the good, the bad, and the ugly with the Bombers and the Red Blacks playing in that crazy matchup. Uh, ah. Big L for the Bombers. Oh, yeah. The good? Let's start with the good. Go ahead. You got something good? Uh, I guess the, the sacks, the amount of sacks they end up getting and the guys getting the sacks, Adam Biggie, uh, Big Hill with uh, two, you know, Jeff Coe getting another one out there. Uh, Jeff, Willie Jefferson, he was a force for quite a bit of the game, uh, yeah. you know, and then uh, Ricky Walker and uh, Mauro as well uh, getting one in there. So props to those guys. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't enough, but good yeah. effort there. The, the good was the beginning of the game. Uh, the first half. Uh, they they got out to an 18-0 lead. Talked about you know them getting it going earlier on in the game, and they kind of did that. Uh, mention of getting Dembski involved in the game. He got a touchdown early. That was good to see. Demario Houston with another interception and really got the Bombers' momentum going. Dude's always a threat. He's a ball hawk. Like he creates a turnover every game. More than that, seven turnovers, five games. That's crazy. Yeah. And of course, Willie Jefferson, like you mentioned, uh, early shout out to him. First ever CFL player with 60 knockdowns and 60 sacks. I think he's at 64 knockdowns and 60 sacks right now. So congrats to him. Still a force, yeah. still a dynamic defensive player. So, wow, there was some good there. And of course, the whole D-line, like you said, six sacks, four of them in the first half. So there was some good. Yeah, they definitely had their moments. In that first half, I mean, the offense started slow, a couple drives, uh, Claros was already getting um, some pressure pretty early on. He was missing some throws. The play calling was kind of suspect, but yeah, like you said, they ended up being up 18 to nothing. You know, mm -hmm. it took them a while to get to that, um, but they got there. And you're thinking, okay, they're they're cruising uh, and they're well on their way. Um, but really, in that second half, there was no good at all that I can think of. So, besides a touchdown, oh, that's a good segue <laughs> to the bad then. I'll start with the bad. The coverage in the secondary was lacking. Uh, and I'm not questioning the talent level there because like, we just, you know, gave the flowers to Demario Houston. But I'm looking more at the strategy. You know, you have this great defensive line getting pressure on the quarterback. Why aren't you using a little more press and bump coverage and being more aggressive and seeing if you can cause more turnovers when they're getting desperate rather than giving five yards separation and space in the middle of the field, making it easy for the rookie quarterback, you know, mix up the coverage a bit. So I thought that was kind of bad, man. And I think Kahari figured that out, man, because he that the play calling in that second half, even on the last or the uh, drive that led to Ottawa's field goal in that first half. Yeah. Uh, they seem like they started to figure out what the Bombers are doing um, and they called plays that would beat those. They always had the guys on the wide side open and, you know, Crum would just roll out a little bit. Um, Houston, you know, he did have the interception, but he got beat deep. And mm. that guy, I can't remember his name now, um, dropped the ball. Like, that's a clear touchdown for Ottawa. Yeah. Was it Behar? You know? No. No, it started with an ass now that I think I can't. Uh, got you. Scribbins? No, Ames, eh? I don't know. But either way, like it was a big drop for Ottawa and you're thinking, OK, this is not going Ottawa's way. But yeah, for me, again, the, the other ones were drops like Dalton oh. Schoen and Greg McRae on those bombs downfield. And Carlos wasn't 
on point a lot or not for this whole game. Like there was a lot of missed throws. He made some great throws as well. Yeah. But those ones he had those on point, and those are guys, especially Dalton Schoen, he makes some tough catches. And the, to see him drop that one was it was like wow. You know, like th- that puts the game away almost kind that of thing. That usually doesn't happen. Complete that. No, it doesn't. So that was that was pretty bad for me as well. Uh and, and the O-line. Again, constant pressure yeah. on Kalaros, the three sacks, but three huge sacks. Like he took a physical beating. There's one time where he got up and he was limping a little. I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, and they couldn't run the ball. No. Like, you know, I mentioned Ottawa being what you know, 3.9 yards against, but you got Oliveira nine for 16, averaging less than two yards a carry. Ugh, that's horrible. Yeah. And I will die on this hill. I've mentioned it almost every week for the past four weeks and the last half of the season. Why aren't they playing the heavy, tight, and offensive set? It's been successful for the most part. I'm not understanding that, especially against a team with a good D-line. Like, uh, yeah. it, it's so let's talk about the offensive play calling because it was also mm. suspect. They seemed very predictable. Yeah. <clears throat> they, they weren't using Dembski in any kind of motion after a while or McCray. Uh, just it's puzzling and again buck pierce was a concern at the beginning of the year and i love the guy he put his heart out for winnipeg he had a great restaurant earlier on but as of right now it's suspect at least in my eyes it it was quite a bit early in that first half i mean like the first two series it was just like wow like they weren't moving anywhere then they had a good drive for the touchdown and all that but talking about play calling the second and seven play with a minute and something left you just ran the ball, got three yards, right? Yeah. I mean, you you were you got nothing all game in the run game, and you're putting the game on the line with a run play. Yeah, why? Mind boggling. This is, this is what you have all these receivers for. Even Oliveira, he had a great day um, catching the ball. Yeah, you know, we'll talk about a play later, but you know, it out of the backfield. He just needs seven. Like get it, get him the ball in the hands. You get that first down, the game's probably over. Absolutely. If that, you're leaving him with 10 seconds to make it down the field. So to me, again, yeah, play calling, it was very suspect. And in certain times, it was like, what are you doing? Yeah, on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And I, I, hey, I was one of those earlier on in Richie Hall's tenure was like, yo, what is this guy doing? You know, and then he got some great ballers. You know, they scouted, they brought in some great players, and they still are bringing in some great players. But right now, this coverage looks weak. Just sitting back there waiting for something to happen, allowing a fourth stringer, first time starter to just pick apart the defense. Well, that 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 time of possession and uh, I meant to look it up what that was in the second half, but that D was probably gassed, you know, in that second half. We got the Bombers got one touchdown, right? And ba- barely any decent drives in that second half. They were a lot of two and outs or quick drives. So that D was gassed. And to me, yeah. another bad is the missed tackles, missed sacks, especially on that last drive, man. Like we talked about Adam Big Hill's uh, two sacks, but he got burned pretty good by Crum along with the rest of the guys on that tying TD or the, you know, the one within two and then the overtime one uh, that won the game ultimately. So there was no one around. The guy didn't get touched. How do you not get touched? The middle of the field again. Yeah. Yeah, Like where was everybody? And we're talking about like Demario Houston playing great on defense. The guy had six tackles. There's no way your cornerback should be getting six no. tackles. That means yeah. something's not happening up front. The running backs getting to the second and third level. And also there's a, cause he didn't get many completions on him. 
You know what I mean? Oh. So there are extended plays happening and and blocks happening. It's just come on now. That defense has got to really tighten up. Uh, have we already yeah. covered the ugly pretty much? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, oh my god, ugly. I mean, blowing a sixteen point lead in the last two thirty eight. Uh, we didn't really I haven't talked about these two turnovers. Uh, the Olivera fumble. Um, I don't know what yeah. he's doing carrying the ball like that. Like no. you got a very big game there, man, and you're moving it and you're carrying that thing like a loaf of bread, just open to be punched out. Yeah. And then the interception, the Claros interception oh. on the pass of Wolotarski. I don't know if Wolotarski moved to the wrong spot and Claros threw to the old spot that Wolotarski was, but unfortunately Wolotarski trying to make the catch, knocked into the auto of the hand, and you know, pick six. Was Brady Oliveira near the sideline? Yeah. Yeah, he was running off the sideline, and the guy just, he had that ball out, and the guy right from behind, right? Punched it out. Big play, man. Yeah. I can't even want to, I don't want to talk about those no more. Special and, teams. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the other play was, again, the defense. Dustin Crum ended up throwing for 261 yards and ran for 74 uh, more. Four-string yeah. quarterback. Uh, you know, he was like Rocky Butler out there kind of thing. Uh, we Why were there. Why would you say that name? <laughs> we were there. Because I still can't get over Bombers getting destroyed by a four-string quarterback and then again happening here. So ugly oh, loss for the Bombers, man. What a horrible time that was after that loss. Oh, yeah. Yeah, being yeah. in Regina after that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's let's move on to CFL grades. Bomber fans, put your thoughts below. Sorry to be so negative. There was some good in there. Throw your good, throw your bad and ugly. Uh, looking forward. The, to next the good is they get to play Thursday already against the Elks. <laughs> yes, hopefully, knock on wood. <laughs> CFL team grades. Uh, let's start off. I'll go with Hamilton. They got a B from me. They got the win and they won consecutive games for the first time this year. And they got James Butler going. 14 for 127, nine yards a carry. <laughs> and Legio's still perfect with field goals. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for them, Schultz is out. Schlitz, Schlitz is out. And uh, Taylor Powell will make his first start against the undefeated Argos. But they get a B this week. Right on. Their counterpart, the Elks. I'm going to give them a D. How many times have we given them a D? Um, again, how many times are we going to go over and cor- figure out if Cornelius is the answer or not? Um, the guy's shown flashes. He's looked good in certain situations, uh, yeah. but that interception against Hamilton was just a backbreaker, and you you can't do that, man. What was but, that exactly? And the guy, the guy has taken first string reps, I think, for this week already. So, yeah. at this point, man, you got to see what uh, Dozier uh, Ford can do and and figure it out, man. I don't know, but it's not looking good for the Elks. No. Tied a seventy year old record for most losses at home in a row. You know what? Screw you, ESPN. The oh, only yeah. time they acknowledge the CFL is when they tie. The, now they're a major league to, to, to consider, eh? Now you want to talk about them with MLB teams and such. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, Argos, B plus, A minus. Chad Kelly took another step forward. You know, he did have one bad pick, a weird one, where he threw it across his body for no reason. But other than that, man, 84%, 350, three touchdowns. Uh, I've been on that. You know what? I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. I've been on his fan bandwagon for a while now. And that guy on defense, uh, McManus, he is crazy. He reminds me of Kyrie A. Bear. Remember that dude? Oh, yeah. Hit. He was awesome. He's lining yeah. up all over the field. Man, they're going to be tough to beat. 4 0. Yeah. First time since 1983 when they won the Great Cup. Yeah. 
Yeah, we keep talking about that last great cup and how the Bombers lost it kind of thing, but maybe the Argos were just starting to figure it out and pick up steam, right? Chad Kelly's look great. Absolutely. And Absolutely. it's good for the league. It's good for the league. Um, their counterpart, yeah. Montreal, you know what? Good game from them. I'm going to give them a B-. minus. Um, that game altogether was crazy. You know, and and I didn't expect Montreal to be in it. Um, not not like that, anyways. I didn't expect them to be able to score like that against the Argos D. But Fajardo yeah. did well, twenty six of thirty six. Um, ultimately, though, he had two interceptions as well in that game. So Standback was a little bit better, running and catching the ball. The Austin Mack, Julian Grant, I, those are two good receivers. It, we were harping yeah. on Montreal early, and even in the preseason, off season, how they had no receivers after you losing uh, Weineke, Lewis, and all that stuff. But good on them, man. They got they got two good ones in uh, Mack and Grant. Absolutely, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. What grade am I going to give them? I'm going to give them a D. Uh, c- complete collapse. We've we've listed it all, so no need to go over it again. Winnipeg gets a D from me. Yeah, the only other good is Lawler is going to be back this Thursday, right? So hopefully that helps that offense uh, pick up a bit of a spark. Not if they can't uh, get Red that Bla- running game going like this week. That too, man. Uh, listen, if uh, you play the Elks, man, it, we did this last week. <laughs> we laughed because we were playing the Red Blacks, and look what happened. So well, there's no laughing here in Winnipeg. No, there should not be any there laughing. There is no now. laughing in Winnipeg. Uh, Red Blacks, I'm going to give them a B plus. Um, you know what? Not a great first half of them at all but second half was yeah wicked for them in a way uh great win great for bobby dice big game for kahari jones play calling in that second half as well so minus five yards they had at one point in this game like late in the first half came back to win so b plus yeah shout out to bobby dice awesome calgary I'll give him a B minus. Kind of felt like giving him an A as well. Meyer looked better. The defense played better. Uh, the special teams got got by Alfred. <laughs> like two returns. Yeah. Ugh. And they couldn't get the running game going with Mills like they did against the Bombers. So I don't know if that's reflected on them or a reflection on the Bombers. Uh, but damn good game. You know, candidate for game of the year already. And I might actually lock it up already. That was crazy. Yeah. Crazy CFL day. Uh, so I'm going to give Calgary a B minus. Yeah, good for them. Um... Yeah, maybe Calgary's starting to figure out, especially on D, because the last couple of weeks, even against the Bombers, they were they were looking better, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to give Saskatchewan a C. Um, slow start offensively, even before Harris uh, took that terrible injury. Uh, the offense wasn't moving. Uh, like you say, the two kick returns were their offense, uh, plus a field goal, were their only offense, really, in, late into the third quarter. So mm-hmm. they managed to get, make a bit of a comeback with Mason Fine. Defense still was not good for most of that game, and then they couldn't stop Calgary at the end there. So yeah. offense wasn't good, defense wasn't good, and coaching staff again questionable decisions there altogether. So see for them. CFL fans, give us your favorite team's grade in the comments section below, and also subscribe. Victor Qui, president uh, of the Edmonton Elks, has mentioned that he's always thinking about personnel changes. Are they handcuffed, or is there? Are there moves to be made? Uh, go ahead. I, I feel like they're pretty much handcuffed. Uh, listening to him talk uh, in his interview there, it seems like you got Jones being head coach, DC, GM. So in order to get, uh, you know, for him, maybe, hey, I'm I'm done as head coach, right? Moves into the GM role only. You got to find a guy with experience with head coach on that staff, and they don't. Um, and then also, 
Apparently his contract is not set up in one year deals. So they'll still get hamstrung if they fire him for the next couple of years on the caps as well on the uh, coaching cap. So I don't know, man, unless he can promote somewhere from in or maybe take him out of the DC role and find someone else, give him one last job to do things might help. But I don't, I don't think there's a move that Victor QE can do that will help the team. Yeah. You think the GM duties out of his, out of his, or that too, out of his portfolio without a doubt. That's yeah. too much. Worried about it getting is. players in and coaching your team and coordinating defense? Nah, just take one of those away. And the one that makes sense is GM. I think G. Roy Simon's already been training long enough as a football executive to just take the roles midseason. He's been within this system or whatever's going on in Edmonton, uh, unless Chris Jones is completely insular and he's a, you know not even part of the whole process. But that's the that's the only position I can see them uh, kind of taking out of his portfolio that would benefit the team and also they got to just free trade forward goodness gracious either play yeah. him or get some players for him because this is ridiculous yeah they're the the elks are still paying uh coaching from 2020 uh, the 2021 firings right before jones started so they're those are still on their cap um yeah it's just it's not a good situation but like you say yeah you got to take one of them i don't know do you have to give Giroy a raise to take over the gm job who knows but you know, you got you got to do something. You can't just. I get him saying, "Yeah, you don't want to make a coaching change in the middle of the season." Generally, doesn't help, especially in no. football. So you got to figure out something. You got to make one move, though, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. not just at this point. It's not just about getting a win. It's about more fans leaving the stands. Yeah. It's getting bad in Edmonton. Yeah, bad. the diehards will stay. The diehards will keep coming back, but it's the new. You're not getting the new fans, right? Not at all. And that's what Victor Q has, has been trying to do for the last few years. But when you can't win at home, they're not going to keep coming. No, there's no brand that beats losing. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's no brand that beats losing. That's the Detroit Lions. <laughs> they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, though, right? Oh, you know what? I gotta wait. Hot topics. Women's World Cup coming up. Which country do you think will win the tournament? Which player players are you most excited to watch? Let's Talk about team first. I'm going to take Germany to win. They are the Euro finalists, and they're going in with a very similar team. Not as many changes as England. I think England was not as many changes yeah. as that team. And uh, so I'm going to take Germania. I'm going to go out on a limb here and take the United States. You're going out on a, a limb, did you say? <laughs> no, yeah, I am. Four out of five <laughs> dentists have picked the U.S. team to win that championship, man. Uh, I'm gonna stick with them, man. They're, they're just—they're yeah, too yeah. good, and until proven otherwise. Um, and I know, and it's great because a lot of other countries are getting better, right? So I, I love that, and the, the yeah. it grows the sport for sure. Not like in hockey, where it's still Canada and the U.S., and that's basically it, right? At least for soccer, it's growing, you know. And while I picked the United States, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, someone else won it. Just the way things have changed in the last little bit, but the USA yeah. is still still number one. Maybe Australia might win it they've been really moving up in the ranks and they have speaking of players you want to see they have that uh sam kerr amazing player to watch one of the best players in the world ranked number one player in the world uh, yeah. on most rankings to be honest so hey philippines is in it are they philippines actually that's good is in it, bro so i gotta get a philippine t-shirt for the women's world cup i'm excited it, italy's in there too i didn't check what group they're in with but oh we gotta put some scratch on it we got the no, only we don't gamble thing. sorry we don't yeah gamble. no <laughs> the only top thing is in australia right so all the games are what 
four or five in the morning or whatever it is. Yeah, that's why so. the Philippines Filipino fans are going to be primed. It's perfect for their time <laughs> yeah, zone. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I also going to obviously watch a lot of Canadian games, so I'm going to be looking to watch uh, Ashley Lawrence. She's a great player on Team Canada. Players that you want to see or excited to watch play. I'm excited, actually, uh, for Christine Sinclair to see what she can do. She's 40 years old. Uh, another World Cup for her. And we've seen her score tons of goals for Canada. So I'm excited to see what she can do and what she can still bring at that age. And they're in a tough group. They're, they're apparently the group of death, right, with uh, Nigeria, Australia, and Ireland. So it'll be tough. It'll be some good games. I don't know what makes me feel older, man. Watching players our age get into a Hall of Fame or watching <laughs> players like Christine X- Sinclair excel at 40. Either way, yeah. I feel old. but. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. DeAndre Hopkins signs with the Titans. Thoughts on that? Ah, it just makes yeah. me think, why did they sign A.J. Brown? He's younger, physically bigger. Exactly. Hopkins is pretty much at the end of his his career, I think. And, and Ted oh, yeah. a quarterback. Ah, yeah. Useless waste of money. His thing was three teams, or what team you wanted to go with. Good QB, good D, and a good chance to win. Well, I don't know. He didn't pick anything here because Tannehill struggled last year. Derrick Henry hasn't been as good as he was, and mm-hmm. the D was mid-level or worse. So I think he should have taken less money, ended up in, say, Buffalo or Kansas City, a team that has a chance to win. But yeah, good luck there. Oh, goodness. With the NFL camps on the horizon, which offensive triplet combination QBRE wide receiver of current players would you take? You can go first. I'm interested to see what you picked because I was looking through this, and there's no like Michael Irving, uh, Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith kind of deal like you could find maybe a good quarterback and a good running back good quarterback and a good receiver um i'm gonna go with uh casey just because of Mahomes and kelsey um you almost don't need you, know, you got pacheco at running back uh you can almost go with anyone there and it'd be a decent triplet there hmm well uh i guess i wasn't clear when i wrote that down the breakdown today i did i was thinking of any player you want in the nfl so i have mahomes Devontae adams and nick chubb so now i'm screwed (laughs) so you know what i'm gonna pick uh philadelphia i'm gonna pick jalen hurts uh saunders and aj brown saunders not there anymore but you got swift yes that's right deandre swift there you go and they have that uh young running back that played there last year i'll take either of them can't remember his name i did have the eagles as well like the teams you look at I, okay, I misunderstood what we were doing here. I didn't but, write it right. Yeah. <laughs> you got the Bengals too, right? You got Burroughs, Mixon, Chase. It's like, okay, Burroughs and Chase, yes, Mixon, not so good. Even the Chargers, Herbert, Eckler, and then Keenan Allen, you're like, or even Mike Williams. So it's tough. It's there, There's not those teams with the three great players kind of in each position like there yeah. used to be. Anyways. Well, maybe if I had more time to think about it, I'd think of more. <laughs> on this day in sport, Wayne Gretzky, on this time in sport, Wayne Gretzky signed with the Rangers in 1996. Who is the greatest NHL free agent signing of all time and why? Uh, you can go first. I, I picked Zidane O'Shara um, just because he helped transform Boston uh, along with some other players there into what they ended up being for a good decade and more, right? Uh, won the Norris, uh, helped them win the Stanley Cup. Um, he was named four times to postseason all-star team as well, so... Great season once he ended up signing in Boston. That's hard to to pick against, but I'll go with Scott Stevens, cornerstone defenseman, thirteen seasons, three caps with the Devils, a physical force, and I'd say other than what's his name? Oh, Martin Brodeur. He's yeah. probably the other reason why uh, New Jersey had that. I call it a dynasty. No. Yeah, they they won quite a bit, and he was out there killing other players. So it was you know, yeah, your boy. Eric Lindros, man. Your boy, Paul Korea, 
Oh, okay. making heads soft. <laughs> Brickhead of the week, you got one? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to give it to Randy Ambrosi and Genius Sports because we're halfway through July now, and yeah. we do not have stats. No CFL stats. He <laughs> said it was going to be done in July. We're halfway through. We got two weeks left of uh, CFL season, or uh, you know, this month, and it's there's no stats. So they get my brickhead of the week for dropping a ball big time on this. What a joke! When we oh. have to go to satellite sites, American <laughs> satellite sites, to get the proper stats for the Canadian Football League. Good brickhead once again. They they could have had the brickhead for the past three four weeks in a oh, row. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was, I was giving them a chance here to get this done, but this is ridiculous at this point. Like, you can't even look at the stats and see where a quarterback's at. How does this help even the gambling stuff, really? It, you know, if a guy picks the over, it's like, I don't even know. Yeah, I think he went over. And <laughs> even the stats you do have posted, uh, cumulative stats in PDF form? Come <laughs> yes, on. <that> too. <laughs> you can't search. You can't do anything. It's three guys. Three guys on the PDF. What do they, what do they have? Some monkey on AOL? Just... <laughs> messing around uh, uh, oh, i wanted to swear so badly <laughs> shout out to morgan baron on signing a two-year contract with the jets really like that guy really like his versatility as a forward he's going to be a big chip i think next year uh on this team morgan baron shout out yeah you got anything to say to our friends uh you know what thanks a lot for listening don't forget subscribe follow check us out leave us a comment and uh, have a good week I'm sorry we couldn't be happier. Maybe next week after the Bombers play the Elks Thursday at IGF Field. We'll be back for week seven coverage. So join us later on this week. And in the words of LeBar Burton, in the meantime, in between time, that's it. Another edition of Ray and Benny Talk Sports. So like Sanquan Barkley, Josh Jacobs, who's the bigger loss to their team not showing up in training camp? I think, uh, ooh, actually... That's hard to say. I was going to say because Daniel Jones needs a good running back, but I think Garoppolo needs a good running back. So probably Jacobs. (sighs) Yeah, well, at least least the Raiders got Devontae Adams. Uh, The Giants kind of have a mishmash still of guys there, right? Yeah, but the Raiders oh. have Garoppolo. Yeah. Like, he could, he's going to have a hard time getting it to... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they need Devontae Josh. and whoever. He, he does need a good running game. Well, obviously, we've seen that in San Francisco, so... At least Daniel Jones can extend plays with his feet a little bit. Not saying that yeah. Garoppolo's stone-footed, but da- Daniel Jones is an athlete. At least the Raiders, they don't have any expectations, really, this year, right? Oh, lowered <laughs> expectations. <laughs> Hey, friends and neighbors, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Ray Benny Sports. And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. Leave a like, leave a comment, tell us what you think.